0: Welcome to Weird Thing About That, the podcast where players are given a subject matter and are tasked with finding the most obscure, weirdest, funniest or straight up mysterious story about that subject. Players' stories will be scored by a head judge and the player who scores the most points wins the episode. I'm Chris and as always, joining me today are my co-hosts, Chow. Hello. How's, how's it going, Chow? I'm very well, thanks to yourself, Chris. Yes, excellent, thank you. And also joining me today is Chucky.
1: Yo. How's it going, Chucky? Yeah, not too bad.
0: Good. And of course we've got our head judge Joe who's gonna be scoring our stories. Joe, how's it going? Fine. The, the stories will be judged on <laughs> comedy, relevancy, facts,
2: interest, <laughs> and what I like to call Joe's je ne sais quoi.
0: Right, if everyone's ready, let's uh, let's do it.
2: This week's subject: Russia.
0: First up story, we have a uh, Chow. Chow, take it away. So. Lenin was a cyclist.
3: So in 1910, Lenin got himself into an accident when an automobile smashed into his bike. He sued the responsible driver and the law, won the lawsuit and bought himself a new bike. Bearing in mind that this is 110 years ago. So I don't think the car had actually been around. Like the car was like, it started replacing the, the horse and carts sort or of like very, very late 19th century, early 20th century. So to actually win a lawsuit where you've been run over. I wonder if it's probably the first Parisian incident where somebody successfully sued a motorist for a motor for a motor um for a motor motor car related incident. Um so there's actually a letter from Lenin to his sister where it says Mercy for the news. As far as the bicycle is concerned, I thought I should rece- soon receive the money, but matters have dragged on. I have a suit pending and hope to win it. I was riding it from you see? when a motor car ran into me and smashed my bicycle i managed to jump off people helped me take the number and acted as witness i found out who the owner of the car was a viscount the devil take him and how i have taken him to court through a lawyer i should have been i should not be riding now anyway it is too cold although it's a good winter wonderful for walks Lenin did not own the means of production in Paris in 1910, so the October Revolution wasn't until 1917, and the Soviet Union was formed in 1922, so he had to rely on the Parisian judicial system in order to get a new bike. Lenin also enjoyed 60 and 70km bike rides out into the hills of the Chesire Valley, south of the city, quite a feat considering that push irons back in the day were basically solid cast iron frames with like heavy arse wheels, So. Well done early 20th century Lenin for getting out into the uh, French countryside on a shit bike. So the apartment where in Paris where he spent several years of his life was owned by the French Communist Party. Which was owned until the year 2000 when they sold it. Which isn't very communist of them. However by this time they were exactly a political powerhouse. So it was probably a pragmatic rather than ideological decision.
2: Right on the button. Your rebuttal, gentlemen.
0: So... When was the, So when was the car invented then? Sorry. Uh, no, it's just, uh, I'm just putting you on. I'm
3: not sure. I, that's a really good question. But I remember from like watching... Pseudo educational episodes of Top Gear with Jeremy Clarkson that like the Model T Ford and like mass production of the car. The okay. first car was produced in eighteen eighty six. Eighteen eighty six. So that's when was the 14. Model T, When was when was Henry Ford and like the Model T and industrialised? Like the production line revolutionised it because they could make cars in Cheap. significant quantities. Nineteen oh 19- eight was 19- the first production of the Model T. There you go. So nineteen oh eight was the first production of the Model T. So it's two years into the production of the Model T. Early doors. Bearing in mind how you know, a hundred years later, think about how long it took Elon Musk as a new guy to get into the automotive industry to get producing Model Threes, Model S's, Model X's in significant numbers. That it took that guy like a decade. You know, the thing is, then the car's kind of already there. He's just like tweaking it. And exactly, uh, yeah. So I. So Paris, two. You know, Paris, nineteen ten. Is there many cars on the road? Probably not. Plus, the other one as well is I'm thinking the, the internal combustion engine. Pro- I mean, bearing in mind my car was made in 2006, so it's old as shit anyway. I drive a shitty Skoda Superb, which is an absolute tank, but is falling apart at the same time. When you think about they've had 100 years to work on the internal combustion engine, and my, my 2006 Skoda still sounds like a tugboat, you would have heard a 2000, uh, a 1910 car in paris yeah. on cobbled streets you'd have heard it coming from a fecking mile away so so the real I, I question here yeah was... it's like this the guy who ran into lenin was very irresponsible and boohoo he was a bad motorist and probably wasn't obeying the highway code at the time
0: just a little sorry uh, side tangent story then didn't you? about henry ford apparently he's like a massive xenophobic yeah. Oh, he's and uh, the, t- the rubber they use for, this is probably a story for another episode to be honest, but the rubber they used for the tyres he didn't like that they were buying it from another country. India. Was it? India, yeah, and uh, he didn't like that so what he did was he tried to start his own rubber plantation in South America he bought a piece of land and called it Fordlandia and he sent a load of <laughs> Real red-bordered Americans down there to start a like a colony to grow the rubber to transport it back, so he wasn't paying foreigners basically. And uh, basically, yeah, they were just not equipped for the South American rainforest, and about twenty-six people died from
3: shock horror. Yeah. Earlier, twenty white man <laughs> decides to colonize
0: somewhere, and it
3: doesn't work out
0: very well. They like I they, put they one gave them earth, like shocked uh, and horror at this revelation. They gave them like these like prefab tin huts which in you know 40 degree humid uh hu- really 14 percent humidity like yeah they were yeah. like cooked to death i think two of them were like attacked do you reckon a jim human.
2: jones looked at that and went
3: i'm gonna do that but better <laughs> i mean history isn't my strong point but one thing i've taken away from history is what's he called henry ford what's a bit of a twat yeah <laughs> he- like, Didn't he support to the Nazis is... as well? He was basically a Nazi, like,
2: the top no, like speed that. of a Model T, if that was what it was in Paris at the time, the top speed, like, downhill probably, was 45 <laughs> miles an
3: hour.
1: Yeah. That's With, fair shifting. That's, when yeah. you think about
3: all the streets, yeah, but, but disclaimer, cobbled, all streets were cobbled,
0: the tyres were like
3: bike tyres. were like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about rubber. So they were rubber, but they were solid rubber. So it was basically like a wooden... Like, like imagine a coach spoke frame. You know, you, you got the, the, the spoke frames that, that, that they were put, basically putting on, on on horse coaches, which were not designed to deal with the weight of an internal combustion engine. Strapped to like a really basic chassis. And then you didn't... It wasn't like... Again, I've watched a video with Jerry Clarkson drives an, an old Model T. And it wasn't like you could just let the clutch out slowly and you could ease the power in and over in first. And then, you, sh- you know, that's a hundred and that's 110 years of engineering to get to the point now where we are with manual transmissions and automatic transmissions. It was a case of you basically pulled a big stick and it just went from 10 miles an hour to 45 miles an hour and you were booked. So... Kudos to Lenin for, quote-unquote, jumping out of the way of the guy. He must have just literally seen this car, this automobile, just hurtling down the Parisian streets and gone, if I collide with that, I will die, and threw himself off. The car's gone under, under the carriage wheels, and he sued the guy and won and got a new bike. Happy days.
1: Earliest case of insurance fraud, maybe.
3: Maybe, yeah, there is that, yeah. It is prevalent in Russia. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this, this is before dash cams, wasn't it? It was, well, yeah, just
3: Just a couple of
1: years, wasn't it? Years.
0: Shitting Peugeot! <laughs> okay, Chuck, let's hear your story.
1: Yeah, all right. So, uh, disclaimer, I don't speak Russian, and so I might mispronounce some of this stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Russia's kind of known for its landmass. It's over 17 million square kilometers, which uh, roughly equates to around 11% of the world's landmass. It's also known for its use of the Cyrillic alphabet, which is made up of 33 characters, one of which being the backwards R, which is obviously quite popular, which is actually pronounced "ya," uh, which means I. Yeah, just a little bit of um, education right there. So uh, I think one of the most interesting, um, though slightly tragic, bits of Russian history is probably involving their space program. Uh, Russia famously was the first country to send a man into space uh, and have him return. Uh, With uh, Yuri Gagarin becoming the first man to enter space on April 12th, 1961. Um, And during Yuri's one hour and 48 minute flight, the only words attributed to him were, Flight is proceeding normally, I am well. Mm -hmm. Though during takeoff, he did shout, uh, Poyakali, which translates to, Let's go! Which obviously has become um, one of the staple (laughs) phrases for your game streamers now. Um, (laughs) That's that's it. (laughs) Uh, Where things get a little tragic, though, is around Yuri's mysterious death. In 1968, Yuri was piloting a a MiG-15 fighter jet doing a routine training flight when he somehow lost control of the plane and ended up crashing outside a small town near Moscow. Uh, For 45 years, the official statement was that Yuri must have attempted to avoid some kind of UFO, resulting in the MiG entering an unrecoverable tailspin, leading to the death of him and his co-pilot. The conclusion was deemed implausible by many, though, And this led to a lot of conspiracy theories. One of um, the ones become most prevalent was that they locked Yuri away so he could never tell anybody about anything that he saw whilst he was up in space. Uh, But in 2013, it was finally revealed by Yuri's friend and fellow cosmonaut, Alexei Leonov, uh, what actually happened. And it turned out that the same day of Yuri's flight, there was also another test flight occurring which could have caused a crash.
2: Sneaking in again under the radar. Gentlemen,
1: you're a bottle.
0: Right. So they locked him away so they couldn't... He couldn't tell anyone what he saw up there. What did he see up there? Well, well,
1: nobody knows because they locked him away.
3: He saw the earth and it was completely flat. And he just (laughs) saw four great big ass
1: flippings and a giant (laughs) turtle. Flat earth confirmed, that's it.
3: Holy shit, it is flat and we're all on the back of a turtle. And there was just turtles all the way down.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, there, there was seven years between him going into space and him actually being reported dead. So I'm not really sure that conspiracy theory holds a lot of what. Not to detract from my story. It sounds
3: but... like there was, yeah, it it sounds like there was a lot of experimental technology with like late 50s, early 60s stuff. And I think it was just at a test flight like, and something legitimately went wrong. Like, have, have you read like the specs on the SR 71? Like, when they used to fill the tank, the fuel tank of the SR-71, it used to leak fuel, and it wasn't until it was going like Mach 1 that the the aerodynamics made the fuel tank airtight, and it's just the engineering that, because it was before computer-aided design, but after the space flight, you had this crazy period in engineering where they were just like, well, what's possible you know just fly it fast mate yeah It'll just keep make it, keep it, it fast as fuck yeah but people are gonna die in this thing it doesn't matter we're beating the russians so it was like the peak of the like po- you know pre-cold war russian american space thing and it was they were really really pushing like the engineerical you know engineerical engineering limit, limits of the time and so i don't i don't doubt for one second that yuri gagarin was in a test flight five years after he went into space and we're just like oh shit we've bossed up here it's just well, going to be well, this is just this is just too much
1: Yeah, or I, something, I think. Something died. Well, I think the mystery around it was really that they were doing like test flights so close to to Moscow and so um th- there was no test flight scheduled for that day and the altitude was going to be something like 30,000 uh, or 33,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Uh but apparently um the silver plane that was flying was much larger than the MiG and so the sort of wake it left behind, it was enough to, if the Mig was to uh, intersect its wake, it would cause it to lose control in a very vicious way.
3: Well, it was either that, or Goose and Maverick were just dicking about, and they just, What's, what's weird to me about or the
0: Russian story? Russian Goose and Russian Maverick. So,
1: Gooseki and, and Maverick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: it would do. The R's about. backwards. What's, in Maverick. Um, what's weird to me about this story is that. An hour and forty eight is a long time just to say two lines. You're going into space. I'd be I'd be chatting my head off. Like...
3: No, I believe it was repeated. Mm. And the other one as well is he's like you've got to know your audience. You know, you watch Apollo yeah. thirteen and it's all camaraderie and stuff like this. This was like it was the Iron Curtain. It was stoicism, and it was supposed to be like taking in your stride. Maybe maybe they were implored. You know, it's like with the chinese the current chinese space program if if they if the chinese are the are the first to mars it will be their whatever their cultural norms are will be how they land on the moon it won't be a, it won't be piss and vinegar like it was when the americans landed on the moon we're america are the greatest you know it will just be a case of you know
0: get to it 7 days. get to a it week.
3: land to it and they're like 20 hours fucking brilliant hooray, for 2 billion people we're not overpopulated We'll see in a bit.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, when um, the ISS, like... Get
3: your ass to Mars. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, like, when the ISS Comrade. goes
1: around the Earth, there's only a certain amount of time they've got, like, radio communications with it, right? Yeah, And yeah. so, I guess, during that time, it would have been pretty tough to have, I guess, more than a couple of minutes worth of communication time. So, I think he did, like, an orbit um, during that time. And, I mean, if you're the only guy up in that capsule, there's, there's only like one time in your life you're going to be able to experience that. It's yeah. going to be a couple of things you want to try. Did you see the exhibit? <laughs> just just saying. Just a couple of things.
3: What was the British guy called that went into space recently like last sort of 5 6? Richard Peek. Branson. Yeah, not Richard Branson. Not 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 not, the billionaire, not the billionaire there. dick space into not 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 the billionaire phallic objects into space race the, when, the ISS guy. Uh, Tim, yeah, Tim, Tim Peak wasn't it? Tim Peake. Tim Peake, thank you. I went to the um national um Film and photography museum in bradford and they had the capsule that he went to space in and it yeah it was really cool but the thing about it is 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 like when you when you get there and you actually find out it's like nasa and all of these guys once they have a shuttle or a system that gets people into space and back they're very reluctant to upgrade hardware and software because they're like look this got you to this this does the purpose before it's not like an ipad where you have to update it every year it's like right this is the capsule that will reliably get you into space. So if we fuck with it, then and it, and something breaks, then people die. So they generally don't fuck with it. So you're like, I was looking at, so you're looking into the the capsule that Tim Peake drove, and you're looking at the, you know the. Uh, instrumentation in it it is literally like the 70s it's, it's from it's 40 or 50 year old technology like, I'd
2: like the fact that you assume that Tim Peake drove the
3: rocket <laughs> Yeah, I said
1: he put I the keys I mean, in twisted <laughs> the ignition you know made sure it was well, in yeah. yeah. neutral well, yeah. left a bit round that
0: star yeah, yeah they're like mate you've left um, your blinker on there I also want yeah, to indicate before you take uh, off so yeah. we know which way you're going yeah. he yeah. stopped a lot of rockets coming out on was like
2: put
3: his hazards even though was on a yellow so like when you go through a toll booth and
2: there's no road mark it's just free for all I also want to just just raise a point where, with Chucky there are you implying that you're a guy wanked in space
1: <laughs> I'm just saying if I was up in space for a long period of time on my own I'd you can't just... last an hour and 48 minutes he was, he was, he was going <laughs> oh. for two records that day space no <laughs> one can hear
2: <laughs> that's why you was no, quiet no one can hear you <laughs> <It's like, laughs> he's got he's got 1970s Russian pornography on the monitor <laughs> where it's just people lusting over a cabbage (laughs) (laughs) and our final
0: right so uh, my story is about a place called the Dyatlov Pass Um, now the Dyatlov Pass incident happened in Russia on February 1959 and what happened was a group of nine experienced hikers went out on a trail in the Ural Mountains and set up camp on one of the slopes to sleep overnight there were no survivors Actually, right. by, the, by the morning, all nine hikers were found dead in mysterious circumstances. They had cut their way out of the tents in the night, most of them naked or wearing very little clothes. Six of the hikers died from hypothermia, which is to be expected in the freezing cold of the Russian mountains in February. But three of the hikers were down were found dead from physical trauma. One from severe skull damage, two from severe chest trauma, two of the bodies were missing Oh shit. Two of the bodies were missing their eyes, one was missing its tongue, and one was missing its eyebrows. The investigation ruled out an attack from humans because the force of the boils had been too strong for a mere human to do. A second investigation that took place in just 2019 concluded that it was an avalanche but referring back to notes from the original investigation at the time, there were no obvious signs of an avalanche having taken place in the area, and also many of the groups were experienced skiers and unlikely to have camped in a place of a potential avalanche. And finally, the bodies only had a very small dusting of snow on them, not a large one that would have been expected of an avalanche. A couple of other notes that add to the mystery of it all are A young attendee at the funeral of five of the hikers said that the bodies had a deep brown tan, despite normally being pale-skinned, and also another group of hikers, about 50 kilometres south of the incident, reported that they saw strange orange spheres in the sky to the north on the night of the incident. We may never really know what went on that night of February 1st,
1: 1959. And sounds like a night out in Manchester.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But <laughs> well, the deep to... brown tan and the severe trauma. Yeah. That's
1: it, you know, missing <laughs> yeah. a couple of eyeballs, missing your tongue.
3: I mean, missing eyebrows is not like they could have fallen off of a night out because I've seen, you know, and, and the dark and the dark brown complexity. It just sounds like pretty much every single wag that goes out in Cheshire at the minute, really. Do you know what I mean? Like some Ron sealed and some painted-on eyebrows. That sounds part of the course. The murder and camping out in the Russia bits, the real mystery.
0: This is it. So they've cut their way out of their tent at at the dead of night, because they, they've clearly fleed from the tents because they're wearing no clothes. Well, that's
3: the other one as well. Why aren't they wearing any clothes? Because whenever I've camped and it's been a bit chilly, you wear, like, it's layers, isn't it? So you'd, you'd have you'd have underpants, you'd have thermals, you'd have a fleece, then you'd be in a sleeping bag. So if something like a bear or a wolf or a human attacked you, you'd get up, but you'd be still be fully dressed. You'd still have your clothes on you.
2: I don't know... It's called paradoxical undressing.
3: Well, I have heard of that, but that's that's due to hypothermia death, and this sounds like it's trauma related. So yeah, I have heard in the final moments before you die from hypothermia, people strip off, and you find people in like the Antarctic with no with no togs on because they've they've taken all the clothes off because it's a paradoxical thing, but. These people, assumedly, these people didn't die from hypothermia, they died from blunt trauma injuries. So, well, why Six are they of them clothes? died from hypothermia. Oh, right. Okay. Phlegm, so but it's just
0: three died. of them have died from this... Uh, from the trauma as well. From the trauma. So right. one of them had his he- head completely fucking caved. Ripped off. And like,
3: Somebody was missing their eyebrows?
1: Yeah. Eyeballs. No, eyeballs. Yeah,
0: so two of the bodies were missing their eyeballs and one was missing its tongue and one was missing its eyebrows, which is weird. That's a real... Do you know what I mean? It's
3: like that... That, that sounds almost... P- well, that's got to be premeditated. There isn't like a wild bear attack where somebody's just coming and they're just missing their. Eyebrows. But what
1: kind of premeditation is that? Okay, I'm going to get his fucking eyeballs. That guy's tongue. Yeah, but there's some people who were never found us all.
2: Have you never been on a stag do you, where they're like eyebrows are coming off under this night I have. Yeah, the... yeah. You, know. you, you, you draw tini- the line at eyeballs, tini- swing, don't you? Tiny swill
0: lamp posts and take your been fucking eyeballs. I've been to <laughs> a
3: lads' holiday. There are people who will shave their eyebrows off. However, I didn't then take his eyeballs and then
2: kill. I can answer some of the riddles of the missing soft body. Body tissue, The body that was missing its tongue was found upside down in an underground stream, face down. So, the um, it would have it's soft tissue, it would have eroded.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Cracky. The
2: eyes, a similar thing. Um, carrion will mm. go for the softest body tissue. Ah, first. right. So, yeah, been
0: eaten. Ah, okay. This doesn't well, sound well, as interesting. Well, all of us well, now. Well, so, I'm no, not saying what we're not, we're, what we're know, not explaining is uh, would you like me to explain? Got it, i <laughs> right. So, we have injuries sustained by forces bigger than a human could possibly inflict. That's called but, avalanche. Yes, but yeah, but do we no have avalanche. the uh, anti-avalanche? However, as a physicist, th- uh, no, as, as a, a light I'm, dusting I'm of snow is not an avalanche. That's not true. When at all, they say force they is bigger than a, hum- a human, a human deal.
2: What about a human with a bell? I've done a lot of this. Where they found the camp, where they found the bodies, was only with a light dusting of snow. Where the camp was, they had to dig that out. Uh, three of the bodies were found near trees that had broken branches up to a certain height, implying that an avalanche had come through and then melted. Mm. I know a lot about this because it was one of those, again, like quicksand. Uh, this <laughs> I was... thought I was going <laughs> to die and die No, past. this was one of those things that at the so time that people me? were what? like, aliens. Or... What was this
3: skin right. tone thing?
2: Exposure. Right, just... tan yeah. sunny. It's, Russian so people been, have never uh, seen the tan.
0: Yeah, I've been <laughs> snowboarding a couple of times and you have to actually put some yeah, right, on I've, just I've, yeah. the reflection of the snow yeah. on, the, I, uh, on, on your on, your on your de- The one like
2: interesting there. thing about this, I will say, is that the, the, one of them had a camera with them and
3: the photographs that they took have never, ever been released. Oh, All right, right okay. The, what, russian the russian government, government took them and
0: went no 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 no
3: no no well, it's not like the russian government in the 50s and 60s to be
0: secretive about these sorts of things uh, they were, they, there's were, also they, were a... they were an open book this is the thing about about russia is <laughs> <laughs> right it's... i've i've had this rant before but i'm going i'm going to do it again so it, it's it's fucking massive isn't it it's, it's like a, you it's said 17 it's 11 million square kilometers 11% of the world's... massive. World's, can if you, you right, If you approach the average person on the street, could you tell, could they name more than three cities in Russia? No.
2: It's well, like China. Well, yeah,
0: St. Petersburg, Moscow, you maybe ask Leningrad.
2: A, ask yeah. a Russian how many British cities they can name. It, 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 it's two ways.
1: Liverpool, Manchester <laughs> City United. <Yeah. laughs> Popular culture. Yeah, but so we're
3: hard. tiny. Like, as, as a landmass, we're. we're, we're... Well, yeah, I, as a landmass, yeah, but the UK population is about 70 million the population of Russian is only about 130. Because vast areas of it are inhospitable. So, in terms of, when you factor in, I mean, obviously, Russia has, is, is at the forefront of modern political and sociological history, but it's not an English-speaking country. So, disproportionately that gets featured in modern culture. Yeah, so sure, when you sure, factor sure. in the population size and the fact that it's not an English-speaking country, I think it does get a fair representation, not a fair representation, but it is covered a lot more than, say, African natures. Because there are there are African nations with a population, like, like Ghana. Ghana's got a population of 60 billion people, uh, not 60 billion. I was going to wow. say, no, it doesn't. <laughs> 60 nice. million so people. 60 million people in Ghana. You don't hear as much on the news about you don't hear Ghan and g- news stories don't come up half as often as Russian no. news
0: stories. It's just weird to me. Like the, the landmass to how much we know about it, the proportion there yeah, but is it's just it, strange to me. But like it's
3: like, like Canada. It. Canada's a huge country with not a lot of people and you don't you, you don't have that mystique. It's just a case of Yeah, do you know what it is? It's a whole lot of bear shitting in woods. It's there's not the reason you don't hear about it is Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, the whole the reason you don't hear about it look is at, because he's not look at Australia going on. Everything is around the coast
0: because yeah. the middle bit is middle just dirt. Right. Yeah, I know Alice and Springs a, and beat in the middle. And that's about it. I bet she does.
1: Wait, wait. So c- <laughs> can we just get back to the story then? So it, th- were there some people who were never found? Is, is that what you said?
0: I didn't say that. Joe said that. that was... No, I didn't.
1: So uh, so I, you said I'm, that. I might have misheard it then. Oh,
0: well, I, re- I'm going minus a point. He does. He, he does. He the judge. <laughs> cool, I <bottom>. I never <laughs> said no. I never said that there was a body missing.
1: Oh, okay. Because I was going to say that's an obvious. Of sort the of original
2: hikers who set out, one of them went back before this happened due to illness. Mm. But yeah, I, again, see, I, I, it's one of those things that weirdly I know so much about that I can't get rid out of my brain.
3: Mm. Well, the other one as well is you don't hear about the, the the millions of hikes where people go off into the countryside, camp a night, come home and nobody died and nothing weird happened. It's like, yeah, statistically, if this is, I mean, this was what, a camping trip from Russia in the 1950s? Yeah. So it's, it, it, you know, you've, you've got so many degrees of separation there. Cumulatively, there has been hundreds, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of camping trips where potentially similar setups happened and everybody came home safe. So statistically one you know you yeah. think about the winning the lottery is one in fourteen million. So one in fourteen million camping trips are gonna go horrifically wrong because of a series of improbable events, but they are accumulated together to go, Oh shit, this looks like a fucking bin fire. So what you're basically trip, saying is it was, fuck them kids. But it was just really, really, really unlucky. Um
2: there's also there is local I think they're called Mancy, is the local tribe there and their name for that mountain is Don't go there.
3: <laughs> not, not,
2: See, that not just not, spreads not, mystery. Not it. literally in a Don't go there sort of thing. <laughs> but there, fuck go. off going there. Yeah. Yeah. So because well, well, they, they, they thought it might be the Mansi tribesmen to uh, who had done it as they were interloping on their thing.
3: Oh, is there, is there a Hills Have Eyes element to this? That will be. Good. Well, there's a, there's yeah, a there's two hikers dude. don't have
0: eyes People's element eyes. <laughs> to this. <laughs> the hills don't have eyes? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Okay, great. Uh, so, Joe, if you don't mind uh, um, putting some scores on our stories. I am going to have to give it
2: a tie this week between yeah. Joe and Chucky. Uh, Chris, unfortunately, I know too much about yours, and it is not interesting to me. <laughs> I already, I already know yeah, all you Chris. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I already know as much as I'm going to know about the Dilatov pass incident unfortunately is that how you say Lennon and it's it's potato potato and it does not have the certain je ne sais quoi for me but well, I will say both of you scored four out of five so well done different points I won't tell you what
3: different <laughs>
2: <skip that>. points <laughs> totally high, totally high five no no it was
1: totally high five yeah. you guys got it really go translated too. well on the podcast now <laughs>
0: We can give you a a great one now. You ready? There we go. That was nice. nice. Great. Okay, well, thanks for listening again, and uh, see you next episode.
1: Weird thing about that.